You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. What if there was a way to feel younger for longer? Well, there is. Your body needs something called the NAD plus molecule to help you age well. When you're young, your body makes a lot of NAD plus, and that helps you make energy. It helps you keep your DNA healthy, absorb nutrients well, and it protects your cells from stress. But once you hit about 30, your NAD plus levels start to drop. The good news is that longevity scientists have found some things that can help, like niacin, niacinamide, and niagen. They help your body make more NAD+, even as you age. All three of these are in an amazing formula called Qualia NAD+. Check out Qualia NAD+, risk-free, for up to 100 days at neurohacker.com slash dave15 to save an extra 15%. That's neurohacker.com slash dave15, Qualia NAD+. It's what I use. Everyone's talking about red light therapy beds and for good reason. There's a company called ARRC LED that's building an entirely new class of LED devices. ARRC LED beds integrate proprietary scanning technology and frequency protocols to shape the delivery of six different wavelengths in dose-optimized photobiomodulation. Yes, that's a lot of words. What it is, though, is that photobiomodulation improves the underlying energetics of the cells in your body. And those changes can benefit nearly every tissue and organ and system in your body. You change your cells and you change your life. For more information, visit ARRCLED.com. Today's cool fact of the day is that even though testosterone is something you'd think of as maybe a manly hormone and estrogen is the womanly hormone, aside from one single carbon atom, they're almost identical structurally. But if you have more of one versus the other, you won't be very identical structurally. What if there was a way to level up your energy, get rid of stress, and take more control of your body? Welcome to Quantum Upgrade. This is a new technology that taps into quantum energy to help you feel amazing. Quantum Upgrade has a lot of different products that help protect you from EMF and help activate your body's natural healing abilities. You can expect better sleep, more resilience, less stress, and better blood flow. The cool thing about Quantum Upgrade is that the products are backed by a lot of heavy-duty scientific studies, and there's a new measurable upgrade. You can now use Quantum Upgrade to increase your consciousness levels between 1,400 and 2,200 on the Hawkins map of consciousness. If you don't know what that means, do some research because it's impressive, it's fun to learn about, and it's something that I've come to understand. Ready to try Quantum Upgrade? Visit quantumupgrade.io slash dave for a seven-day free trial. Today's guest is Dr. Tammy Miraglia, also known as just Dr. Tammy. She's a friend. She spoke at the Bulletproof Conference last year, and she's a double board certified doctor in cosmetic and naturopathic and integrative medicine, a lecturer, a teacher, and definitely has collagen in her tissues. So Dr. (laughs) Tammy, welcome to the show. Yep, collagen is important. It's kind of like we all have collagen in our tissues, so that wasn't really the most amazing thing about you. You, <laughs> you also run the Vitality Medispa and Wellness Center in Seattle, which is only a short float plane ride away from me. And you wrote The Hormone Secret, which is a national bestseller, and you write about how do you restore depleted testosterone, balance hormones, and lose weight. And What I think is really interesting is a lot of what you do is you talk to women about how important testosterone is for them. 
and every woman I've ever met who's on testosterone therapy, it just says the same thing. They're like, oh my God, I got my life back. Like more so than progesterone. It, it's like, and, and only a few of them had goatees and huge muscles. So it was, <laughs> all right. So, so yeah. We'll talk about why that and isn't going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> when, when you do it right, that doesn't happen. Right. But uh, I, I'm really excited to talk to you about that because this isn't just about women. It, if you're one of the men who listens to Bulletproof Radio, and, and it was actually, I believe there's a few more women who listen than men, believe it or not. But what's interesting is if you're one of the guys listening, if the woman in your life goes on the right amount of testosterone therapy, your quality of life will improve dramatically. Because when women have enough testosterone, they're less moody and they're more, there's a technical term for this, horny. Um, for lack of a better word. <laughs> so uh, I, we're going to go into all that stuff in the show, and that's just going to be cool because it, it's, it's one of the big things that influences quality of life is it's like, you know, do, do you have your that, that zest for life? And this is personal for me too, Dr. Tammy, and this is more for, for listeners because you already know this. When I was in my, my mid-20s, I knew that stuff was jacked. It's like things weren't working in my body very well, so I had like all this, this dot-com money for a brief period of time. And I got all sorts of lab tests done before doing lab tests was, was kind of cool. And the kind of weird thing was that my mom had more testosterone than I did. Like, I, yeah. I mean, almost no testosterone. something. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah. And so I went on testosterone therapy for eight years. And I ended up going off of it because with all the bulletproof stuff that I do, I restored my natural production of testosterone, uh, which was, you know, kind of a big thing. But... I remember the first time I put on some testosterone to get my levels up, at least to where my mother was. And man, it was like, you get They're that the dream. <laughs> yeah. You get that. Like I'm, I'm back. Like I've, I've got my, I've got like my energy back, uh, your mojo for lack of a better word. And, and that's what the women who I talk to now who, uh, who get testosterone therapy, they're like, Oh, like, like that, that little spark comes back. And I don't mean just spark in the bedroom. I mean, just like the spark, like every day. Right, so I, I experienced that just because I had those in very weird hormone levels. So that's yeah. why I wanted to talk with you, and that's why I think people are going to love what we're going to talk about here. So, so give me the down low on on testosterone. Like, like, what's the deal with this stuff? Why is it out? Like, what, why why do women need to care about it other than that spark of life, which is kind of mushy? <laughs> give me the science. Well, first of all, I'm so happy to be here because it's just not talked about. You know, I'm an MD. I went to school for an obscene amount of time and went to see my patients, you know, my whole six minutes in my clinic and people, especially women would come in and they'd say, you know, I'm tired. I have, you know, an extra 5, 10, 15, 25 pounds. It won't budge. The tricks in my 20s aren't working anymore. You know, they're starting to get osteopenia, osteoporosis. My skin is sagging, my brain fog, on and on and on. And then I'd run the usual tests and I'd tell them they were fine. <laughs> and that's when I realized that fine is a four-letter word. And nobody wakes up in the morning and says, gosh, I want to be fine today. <laughs> we want to be fabulous. And it, I have a personal story as well that got me to look at testosterone for myself you know, we're, we're our own best patients sort of in the experimental realm. So I was in residency and I had a newborn baby and I was pregnant and I was lying on my, you know, credential card saying that we were only working 80 hours a week because that was the law. And 
I was exhausted. I would literally, between patients, lie on the floor because I was so tired. And, you know, I did what I hear from a lot of patients. I gave myself the, yeah, buts. Oh, I'm exhausted. Yeah, but you're in residency. Yeah, but you're pregnant. Yeah, but you have a toddler. I gave myself the yeah, buts. And I just thought, you know, really? Is that really to be expected? And is this what life is about, this decline? So I just started digging in, and that's when I decided, you know what, this isn't working. I have to do a whole fellowship in naturopathic medicine. And at first, I replaced my own progesterone. And I slept better, and I felt more peaceful, but my energy, my muscle-to-fat ratio, a bunch of things that like you were saying, that spark really didn't come back. And that's when I tripped upon testosterone. And women don't need a lot, but it has an outsized role in how we look, feel, and function. And, you know, a lot of people, especially the men, are super excited about the libido. But when a woman is exhausted, they don't care. They don't care about libido. It's because they're so tired. And energy is the primary thing that happens to women when they restore their testosterone levels, whether it's, you know, biohacking the adrenals so that the adrenals can produce it because after the age of 45, that's the primary factory for most of your hormones, whether you're a man or a woman. Say that again. Almost no one understands that the adrenals make sex hormones, not just stress hormones. Yeah. And here's the crazy part. They're the size of walnuts. And if you have a stress-filled life, and this is where I really want people to pay attention, it doesn't matter if you're happy. Stress does not equal a horrible life. You know, having an exciting life, traveling, doing the things that you love, staying up until 11 or 12 o'clock at night because you're excited about a project, that's just stress. (laughs) Your adrenals really don't know the difference between a funeral and a wedding. So they are these tiny little glands and they can deal with what stresses you or what blesses you. But they're not big enough and they don't have enough raw ingredients to do both until we heal our adrenals and, like you say, biohack them so that their function can go up so that you can actually have those hormones being produced there. The ovaries and the testes, they're they're gone. They're they're in retirement. Their function is past. So here's a... An, an uncomfortable question there. I don't like it when people tell me, "Oh, you know, that you have some, you have some amount of capacity." I'm like, "Screw that noise! I'm a biohacker, and like my my whole job is to like break rules. So like, there can't be that many sex hormones that that my adrenals make. So couldn't I just like take a fistful of like testosterone and and all the other hormones and, and like several times a day on a on a circadian basis and basically give myself mega uber super upgraded adrenal function so I can handle like masses of stress all the time? That's actually well, kind of a serious question. Like like can I make a big mechanical adrenal gland I strap to my back that injects me with all the right stuff so I can do anything I want all the time and never sleep? No, because Damn all it. that stuff has inflammation and you cannot at some point, I think we can function much higher than we ever thought, Yeah. but I think that there are some sort of laws that are built into our DNA. Sleep is one of them. Unplugging is another one of them. You do have to have this on and off, this yin and yang, this black and white. Life is all about this balance. Of course. 
And uh, sorry, Dave, you cannot be a 24-7 Superman and just, you know, drink your bulletproof coffee day and night and make it through. There will be a point where your adrenals are like, you know, so. you think you're replacing these hormones, but they're not exactly the same as what I produce. So there's a yeah. side effect. They're not exactly the same. I would say not yet. Like, like we're getting better and yeah. better at quantifying what's going on. And there's a bunch of quantum effects that are, are, we really don't understand how hormones work for the most part. We kind of need to oh. figure that out. Like we can see what their levels are and what the body does, but how the hormone makes that happen, there's still a lot of decoding of, of raw bioscience that hasn't been done. Uh, so I, I don't think we're that close to that. But I do know that when you replace some of the hormones that the adrenals uh, are not making enough of, that you can do that and you can get to levels of performance. And performance doesn't mean like, oh, I kick ass and I work all the time. It means actually that I just, just I kick ass. And that means I kick ass at yeah. being happy. I kick ass at like making coffee. I, I kick ass at whatever I'm doing. Like I have energy. I feel good. Creativity, cooking. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I don't walk to the fridge and forget why I opened the door. Like, like all that stuff goes away. Yeah. And that's why, like I'm a huge fan of replacing uh, anything that the adrenals make if they're not making enough of it. As long as you don't like get your cortisol levels so high that you're like a stressed out monkey, but um, let's let's talk about like the list of adrenal hormones, uh, the sex hormones and the adrenal hormones. Like, just kind of give me the big ones, and I think people listening will be totally shocked to hear the whole list. Yeah, there's a ton, and I think that testosterone is is my favorite. It's okay. not the biggest one, but it has the biggest impact in men and women. I think. Progesterone, that's women who are waking up between two and four in the morning wide awake as if they were never asleep and their regular doctor has given them an antidepressant or a sleeping pill or both. No, no, no. It's your progesterone. <laughs> you just need that to stay asleep. What about for guys? Men have uh, progesterone as well and it's really interesting that your testosterone in a man there's an enzyme that takes your testosterone and it makes it into another form of uh, testosterone called DHT, dihydrotestosterone, the, or the even bald, estrogen. The yeah, the male pattern balding. Now, those are two different enzymatic reactions and it lowers your testosterone level because it's kind of going over here. Instead, you can actually use progesterone to block that enzymatic reaction from occurring. So you can actually naturally raise your own level of testosterone by taking a tiny bit of progesterone. Progesterone oh. helps your bones, helps your brain. It's actually not a bad thing. I have men on progesterone. I did not know progesterone was an aromatase inhibitor. The aromatase and the 5-alpha um, reductase, it actually wow. has an effect on both to a lesser or greater degree. So all the all the men in my family, uh, at least on my dad's side, we over aromatize, aromatize, and aromatase, aromatize. We we have aromatize. I'm like, wait, what's you have past? a lot of aromatase enzyme activity. Yeah, I, I have a, a lot of aromatiz aromatizosity. Uh, anyway, uh, what your parents better? <laughs> what, what that means uh, for people listening, it means that when I get testosterone in my body, it goes to estrogen via almost every pathway possible. I take DHEA, I get estrogen. <laughs> I take a pregnenolone, I get estrogen. And like, what, what, what do you get when you have estrogen? You get boobs. Moobs. And all the guys in my family have moobs. Uh, and, and like, it's, and just, boobs. it's one of those things I'm like, this sucks. Like, I, I, I keep it under control. But I've, when I was on testosterone, uh, I used Arimidex because one of my problems was most of my testosterone was going to estrogen so quickly. And 
Um, I managed to to block that, but Arimidex is a pharmaceutical way of doing it, and I've not heard about using pregnenolone. And people may be going, okay, progesterone. Sorry, thank you, progesterone, not pregnenolone. And if you're listening to this, you're like, what the hell are all these preg whatevers? Here's the deal. These are the basic hormones. There's a lot of forms of all these things. If you're 30 or under, go out and get a lab test and see what your levels are. Because when you're 80 or like 180, like I plan to be, you're going to want to have the same hormone levels that you had when you were 30. And if you wait until you're 35, you don't have the data anymore. Yep. Right? 25 is my recommendation. I yeah, actually like that. 25 and, yeah. and 30 because, you know, we want everyone to feel 29. <laughs> That's, there's, it's so important. And I did do it when I was like 26, 27. The problem was my hormones were already jacked. I had stretch marks and I'd weighed 300 pounds. Uh, so I, I had. And fat actually has enzyme activity. So fat takes your testosterone and makes it estrogen. And then estrogen makes more fat. It's just like, ah. I, so, I had some nice curves. Curves. Unfortunately, I had like three or four of them around the middle that didn't right. belong there. But you know, <laughs> can I make a comment about Arumidex? Because what I want yeah. people to know is that you know, if you get the right information for you, there's so much that you can do. You're right. Arumidex is awesome, but I'm that freaky doctor who reads every single article, every white paper. I read the articles that are referenced in the article. I'm like you, like a closet nerd. And Arumidex does not increase your risk for prostate cancer, but studies have shown, and it was a study by the Society of Urology, that if you do get prostate cancer and you're taking Arumidex, it is likely to be a more aggressive form so it's last on my list. There's chrysin, which is a Chinese herb. There's, Does that work for you? It has, when you put a whole bunch of different things. So, you know, I put the chrysin in with the testosterone cream. It can't oh. hurt. I, I used to use a huge stack. This is like in my, my late 20s. I was like kind of worried about this. Okay, like I, I have kids. I'm, I'm 43, right? Like, okay, my testosterone is, is about like my vitality, but it's not so much about like my manliness at, the, at this point. Like I, I'm manly enough, right? So... Mm-hmm. Uh, but but at that time I was like everything. So I had tribulus, arginine, chrysin, and I could feel tribulus a little bit. But <laughs> for the most part, I, I never could get any activity from chrysin. But that could be very and that's why you test. Okay, yeah, right. that's why you test. You're like, oh, let's try this non-pharmaceutical thing that has very little to no side effects. Oh, bummer, it didn't work. And then you keep going up the ladder. And that's why you just have to have somebody who tests. And then you want to have somebody who's going to test. Your urine, because men and women turn their testosterone into estrogen a little bit, and then your estrogen becomes all these other forms. 216 hydroxyestrone ratio tells you about your cancer risk for breast cancer and prostate cancer. So it gets really complicated, and you want somebody to guide you through it. But that's why I love, and, and you know, in my book, The Hormone Secret, I didn't want to say, oh no, everybody go find a doctor and take hormones, even though taking the pressure off of your adrenals by taking hormones is a great idea so that you can heal them better and more easily. But the book is all about a non-pharmaceutical way to what you eat, when you eat, how to supplement to specifically boost your own body's production. So there it is. And that's kind of what you're all about is like you can get your body at a much higher level if you just give it what it needs and then get out of the way. Uh, you can give it all the right building blocks and you can remove the things that are inhibiting you. And, and it's, 
it's really terribly complex. I, I did a, a, an interview recently uh, with uh, Dr. Dan Huber where we talked about the endocrine disrupting effects of glyphosate. It's, it, half a part per billion starts to, to mess with your estrogen receptors. And you're like, dang it, I gave myself all the building blocks. I did all this stuff right. And then this environmental pollutant jacked up my hormones. And of course, you're not going to smell or taste that. Like it, it was there. Or even know. Yeah, because you ate some kind of grain that was desiccated with it because it's in your water because they allow it to be dumped into the river to get rid of algae. And you're like, really? Uh, how, do you, how do you propose that, that someone, I'm going to ask two, two different scenarios. One is, how do you propose someone with, in, in their, their mid-40s who probably has some repair to do on, on their hormone systems, uh, but probably has some assets in order to pay for it, how do you propose that they go about it versus someone who's in their mid-20s who probably can't afford the damn hormone panels, much less a bunch of you know, $100 worth of you know, whatever, testosterone, other kinds of creams, injections, and all the other things. So first off, tell me what the, the, the person who's willing, to, willing and able to spend some money on this who's really got some stuff to do, doesn't want to spend a lot, but is, you know, is, is really able to come up with a couple hundred dollars to change the quality of their life versus someone who's like, good God, I'm going to have to work like 10 more shifts at Starbucks uh, yeah. before I could even think about this. So, so give me the, the like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this now versus I'm going to save up to do this model. Right, right. Well, of course, I'm biased. I have a solution. I, I had this problem in my clinic and, you know, I have had a clinic for over 10 years. And so what I did is I created a virtual medical clinic where we just provide you a customized panel and program just for you. And we made a membership model. So it's $99 a month and you get four one hour appointments, one on one with uh, anti-aging double board certified MD who's going to create exactly what you need. And whether what about that's a prescription. Labs, Aren't the labs really expensive? <laughs> so it's really cool. As an MD, I'm licensed all over the United States, so so I can actually order labs anywhere, and your insurance will pay for it because I know all the sneaky CPT codes. Then Whoa. if there's also blood spot tests, which is super cool, um, the, we can actually mail you a kit. You can prick your finger, and I can get really accurate valuable hormone level information just from that little blood spot kit. Who it's makes like, that kit? You know, there's a there's Theranos, there's the ones that we have that's been around the longest is ZRT. Okay. And I find that they're the most affordable. They've been doing it for so long. They work with A4M and so they have okay. such a great accuracy. That's my point is that there's a lot of coaches and a lot of, <laughs> you know, health professionals, quote unquote, who say, oh yeah, here's a lab. We recently ran some labs on my husband, and we did five labs, the poor guy. He's Italian. He hates needles. But we just kept sucking out blood. He needed to do it anyways because he's one of the few men that when they take testosterone, their blood gets thick. And so he needed a like a bloodletting anyway. <laughs> and so we sent it to five labs, and you would not believe the different results from the same like sample. So it's really scary out there, I think. One, and one of the the other anti aging guys uh, that that I've uh, I've known for many many years, who's an advisor to the the nonprofit Silicon Valley Health Institute group that I I run, uh, Dr. Miller. He uh, he insists on each lab, like he he holds the labs accountable for quality standards, and ran into exactly the same problem that you run into, where he doesn't trust lab data. 
because it's so highly variable. And this is like an untalked about problem, except for Theranos, who got in a lot of trouble because apparently there was some stuff going on, like yeah. <laughs> a lot going on. And it seems like, for me, I'm really lucky because testosterone seems to be the hardest lab to get right. Okay. So I'm always testing it, and so I'm seeing the variety and going, huh, wait a minute, how can this be that far off? We okay. just did this three months ago. It's a new lab, you're on the same dose, this is weird. So, so what, what you're doing now is, is whether you're someone's 25 or someone's uh, 45 or 65, whatever, it's about $1,200 a year, which gets them a meeting every three months, which is actually quite a lot. I, I, I would recommend people do that. It's kind of like you should also get your teeth cleaned every six months, but no one really does that. because like It's less than right? a latte a day. Yeah, totally. That was uh, my Starbucks in Seattle thing. Like, this is my benchmark. <laughs> it, it's actually a very reasonable thing to do. Uh, what, once you've, you've paid your rent and you've got quality food on your table and your, your basic necessities are taken care of, it's some of the cheapest things you can do because it is very likely to prevent a much larger uh, life-altering experience later, right? You, you get your Which stuff Which is way more expensive. In. Yeah, it, it's you know, half a million dollars for a heart attack these days. And the, what's the number one cause of bankruptcies in the U.S. is a medical crisis. And then the hospital just bleeds you dry. I don't mean like in the hospital. They, <laughs> they just make you sick in the hospital. But at least you didn't die. And then they bleed you dry financially. And then you die of you know, starvation or something. Or the but infection it, that you left with. <laughs> right. It, it's, it's kind of a sick system in, in multiple ways. So I, I believe very strongly that, that that's a good thing to do. And... For the people who maybe aren't ready to to go to that level, but just want to get their labs once a year because like that they'll get there, but they're they're building careers, they're they're building savings, and you know maybe they aren't making rent every month, but they still want to get their data uh, when they can get their data. What does it cost to do a basic hormone panel um, if you were to order with online? with no uh, insurance involved? Yeah, yeah, less than three hundred dollars. There you go. So that is all right, and then just. Get my book or your book or, you know, there's so many guides out there of like, okay, now I know my results. I need to find a book on testosterone. I need to find a book on yeah. estrogen. And then there's read, some Read help. several. There's probably yeah. some crazy book out there that'll tell you like juicing green stuff raises your testosterone. By the way, don't believe that. And, and if, if you don't believe me when I say I don't believe that, look at the author who drinks all the green juice. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter which author. Like, I'm not picking on any one author. But I don't know anyone who, who has like, like vibrant testosterone levels who subsists on you know, raw green vegetables. I know. I was a raw vegan for a while. Like, it, it's just not a way to raise testosterone. <laughs> Sorry. I wish it was, but it's not. It's not. <laughs> Sorry. Being the testosterone doctor, it just isn't. Your testosterone is made up of certain things, and if your body doesn't have those raw ingredients, it's not going to be able to make it. It just but, is pretty common Dr. sense. Dr. Tammy, didn't you know celery is shaped like a phallus, therefore it raises <laughs> testosterone? I had someone tell me that once. I'm not joking. Uh, and I politely told them I like salad, and that was a good conversation. <laughs> like, what do you say to that? <laughs> yes. No, I know, I know. And that's, I think, part of the problem is that people can get overwhelmed. Yeah. You know, I hear a lot of people like, oh, there's so much information out there. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. Some of it seems to contradict. You know, you just have to find, I think, find credible sources and then listen to your intuition. Like, there's... Most of us would just go, is celery going to raise your testosterone? Let's look at the nutrient content of celery. <laughs> What's there? Hmm. Fiber. It, 
it's cool Water. that you, it's cool that you've studied uh, naturopathy as well as uh, as well as Western medicine because it, it's that combination where it, if you were to ask a, a typical you know white lab coat doctor, it's like what food doesn't matter, and you're like okay that's stupid, right? And then you ask someone who, who's maybe gone way off on, on the end of alternative nutrition, you can get you know well this is a superfood therefore it raises testosterone. And you're like why is that a superfood? Like, like, you know, at, at what point did whatever this berry is, like, I, I don't know. I, I think that, that there's a gap on both ends. Yeah. And somewhere in the middle where you consider and value and use the Western and some of the, the more natural approaches, that's kind of where that, that overlapping area in the middle it is where the most benefit happens. And, and if you only go one way or the other, uh, you're probably missing out. Well, and you know, lots of my patients come to me on medications, you know, they've got high blood pressure, high cholesterol, they're overweight, and they come to me on medications. So first of all, those medications create problems, you know, they create B12 deficiencies, they create all kinds of side effects that nobody is who's prescribing them is looking at. Then secondarily, nobody's actually looking at taking them off. Like, what's our plan Sure, I want you on your blood pressure medication because strokes are awful, but the goal is to get you off this. So here's our 10-step plan that's going to take us, you know, 6 to 12 months to do it, and we're going to meet every quarter, and you have unlimited email access to me right. so that we get you off this stuff. My problem with pharmaceutical companies right now is I don't think that they're creating cures. I think they're creating customers, and they're most happy when you're just like a lifer. It's really interesting how many, especially when you get to into your 60s and 70s, like you're on like 20 medications because this one cancels out the side effects from that one, which causes the side effects. And it's actually a really intriguing business model. <laughs> As a great businessman, you're probably like, that's brilliant. Like, that's why there was no ethics program where I went to school. No, just kidding. Oh, they, they did teach us ethics for at least 20 minutes. But and how to the, avoid it. <laughs> the, the whole point there is like, like if you reject Western medicine, you actually reject hormone replacement because we didn't know how to make those hormones without Western medicine and using those intelligently versus you know whacking yourself over the head with a mega dose every Friday. Look, there's, there's circadian rhythms that we can value that come less from the West and more from the East. But let, let's talk a little bit more about the like, like stages of life because... If you embrace both approaches at one time, like you do, if you're a woman, at what point in life do you start really worrying about low testosterone? Unfortunately, Dave, it is happening at a much younger and much more significant rate and age than we've ever seen at any other time. We never, this, the research was that people who, women were not having low testosterone levels that were affecting their life until their late 50s and 60s and beyond, we now are seeing it not uncommonly in the 30s. It's, and then by the time people are, women are getting to their late 40s and 50s, it's not low testosterone, it's undetectable free testosterone. It's insane. You can't find it at all. There's no lab that can find any free testosterone, which means you don't have any of that stuff that helps you. Did you know that testosterone prescription was at one time many years ago 
the number one treatment for depression, we have testosterone receptors in our brain. Wow. I didn't actually realize that, but I could see why. It just ha- having felt the difference in my quality of life from having very low testosterone to bringing it back up to normal levels, it, it, I don't know that I have really good words for it, but it's, it's, you're just like, everything is easier when you have enough testosterone. And I don't mean enough to get, get jacked up. Yeah, it's actually totally a different, like it's a different universe if you're using the types or levels of testosterone that would do that. Uh, but just to go back to normally, like, okay, like this is how I'm supposed to feel every day. I just haven't felt that way in a long time. Uh, and, and you're seeing that in their 30s for women and men. And yeah. What does that do to fertility on, for both, uh, both sexes? Trashed it. Trashed. There's actually um, a big new study that shows that taking testosterone for a woman um, during a fertility course increases the chances of a live birth. And we used to think, well, no, we don't want to take testosterone during the time when you're trying to get pregnant. We used to take people off of their testosterone, men and women. And now we're finding out that it actually is really helpful. The, the problem we're running into is that we completely jacked up the environment around us. And, and long-time listeners know biohacking is the art of changing the environment around you and inside you so that you have control of your biology. Well, we unintelligently and without awareness change the environment around us quite a lot. It's full of endocrine disruptors. We're now using these toxic lights, like basically junk lighting, like compact fluorescent bulbs uh, that also mess with your hormone levels and your sleep. And uh, like we we just do everything we can to our environment that reduces fertility, including spraying glyphosate and a bunch of other plasticizers. And then we walk around going, gee, I wonder why we're infertile and we feel like crap all the time. Well, the problem is it's a really big system and you're not going to fix just one thing and feel better. You, you have to fix more than one variable at a time because you broke more than one variable at a time. And until all that stuff is restored and we're all walking around like wearing togas barefoot you know, in nature, and, and maybe we'll get there, right? And we'll have like magic carpets. I'm, I'm, I'm down with that future. But until then, you might want to like just, just grab your testosterone and all your other hormones by the horns and say, you know what? You're not doing what I want you to do right now. You're not doing what would my body evolved for you to do. So I'll just do it for you, right? And yeah. this is the only option you have right now if you want to feel the way you're, you're capable of feeling. I, I truly don't believe that 99.9% of people listening right now, even if they, they go to the extreme links like I have, I live on a freaking organic farm on an island. Like I'm looking <laughs> out at a bald eagle out that window right now. I grow all my own food when I'm not on airplanes and stuff like that. I still use every tool I can to to be at the level where I'm possible. I, this is just the state of high performance living that we're in right now, and we did this to ourselves. But well, I totally agree. I feel like since there's so much out of our control, you must fervently seize the opportunity to optimize the things that are in your control. Yeah, and you know, hormones are one of them. And you know, when I work with patients, I'm not going to bring you. You know, I have women who come in and say, you know. Well, I heard Suzanne Summers is like in her 70s and she still has a period. You know, we're going to optimize you to the best you. She's not in her 70s, is she? No. uh, Late 60s. I don't know how old she is, but she's old. She was on Bulletproof Radio. My God, she was so knowledgeable. I was blown away. It was She has like become a sponge for all. And she's, you know. She walks the talk too. She's had a lot of health concerns, and she she's looks really good, them. though. Like, yeah, like, she's, 
she's doing she's and, amazing. I, I don't mean just she's like beautiful gut. I mean like like she looks healthy. And yeah, she's she's been there. And Kathy yeah. Smith also she fooled me on, on Bulletproof Radio, another really famous fitness model. Yeah, she's um, a good friend. She's a good friend. Yeah. She she convinced me that she was still ovulating. I'm like, what? That, that can't be. And she's like, just kidding. <laughs> uh, and she's in her 60s as well. Um, so so it is entirely possible uh, if, to to just have these levels of vitality and to look young. But screw looking young. If if you're in your 60s, you probably want to look young. But seriously, you want to feel young a lot more than you want to look young. Well, right? and when you feel good, you do look better. You and do it, it you just have to have a terrible night's sleep and then look in the mirror to know that's true. <laughs> so yeah. when people look at me, I just want them to say, oh, you look young for their age. No, what I want me, them to look at is like, oh, wow, she looks vibrant. Yeah. She looks healthy. Look at her skin, not do I have wrinkles and is it sagging, but is it glowing? That's because it has sufficient amounts of collagen. It's got great blood supply. It's, you know, fully open with enough nitrous oxide and my, you know, circulation is working optimally and the inflammation is low. So there's a way to go from the inside out with regard to beauty. Speaking of going from the inside out, what about birth control? Uh, <laughs> Let's talk about what uh, oral <laughs> contraceptives do to your hormones. I, I've been opposed to these for 15 plus years. Uh, Wiley, T.S. Wiley, who's uh, uh, the first big author to write about the effect of lighting on our health, uh, going back to, I believe, like the early 90s. I, I met her a while back, uh, maybe 2001. But she also wrote a big book about uh, oral contraceptives. I'm like, this is pretty horrifying. Like, I, I don't want any, anyone that I know to use these things. And that's been my my position for a long time. But there's even more new science that's come out, and I know you cover some of that in your book. Just, just kind of give people listening yeah. the down low on, on what do oral contraceptives actually do? Well, let's just start off with like basic science that these pharmaceutical companies have decided to completely turn their back on, and that's the fact that, well, two basic science principles. One is, is that women are not horses. Right, the estrogen in the oral contraceptive pill is from an estrogen from the urine of a pregnant horse, and if you look at it structurally, it does not look the same. And shockingly, or not, your body knows you're not a horse, <laughs> and so there's this response to a foreign, you know, type of thing that your your body goes, "What the heck?" The second huge thing is estrogen was never something that went through your liver, through your gut, through the P450 system, it oral estrogen, even if it's bioidentical, is a terrible idea. Your liver looks at this and goes, what the heck is this? I've never seen this before. It must be evil. Oh, I know what to do. I'll put a bunch of clotting factors around this to protect it and then I'll shove it on to somebody else and see if they know what to do. So your risk of clots goes way up and if you read the packet insert, it tells you if you smoke, don't do this. Why? Because you're going to get a clot. If you're over the age of 40, you should consider not doing this. Why? Because of a clot. 50% of people who get a pulmonary embolism, which is a lung clot, die instantaneously. They don't even make it to the hospital. So for those two reasons, how awful is that? You just disregard science and have this oral contraceptive pill go in your mouth, 
it with a foreign substance. So I have a big problem when my female patients come here and they're taking oral contraceptive pills to, ha to help with hot flashes and vaginal dryness and discomfort with sex and moodiness. I'm like, there's a natural alternative. What are you doing? What, what is the alternative instead of oral estrogen? Topical is available. We know that it's very well absorbed. If you had a heart attack and you went to the emergency department, we would put a topical medication on first called nitropaste because it can start acting before we can even get an IV access into you. Topical is a great way to absorb. And if you apply it vaginally, mucous membranes are even better at absorbing. So topical is an amazing way we can measure it in the blood that it actually gets in and does its job. There are patches. Um, I don't like pellets uh, because for estrogen, our body had a rise and fall of estrogen levels and a pellet is just the big blast every single solitary day until you take it out and then you do it again. So I don't think that it's mimicking mother nature as well as you could be doing. Now for testosterone, for men, where you did have a daily dose, that's a different story. So you're okay with testosterone pellets, but not estrogen pellets. Right. Just okay. get back to mother nature and look at what the yeah. physiology is or should be. Having used testosterone cream for eight years, like there are issues with hormone creams. Uh, one of them is that if you rub the hormone cream on your partner, they will get it. So or your when you pets. go to bed, you sort of smear it wherever you're going to smear it. And then you're like, hey, sexy time. And then you're like, oh, sorry about that. Like uh, Tomorrow. <laughs> right. And, and like for men, the most absorbable spot is basically the scrotum. And like, or the I, anal ring. Yeah, but like we, greasy balls, like seriously. I, I don't know <laughs> that there's, there's probably a medical term for that, like greasy bolimus or something. Uh, but... <laughs> but like that's just not cool. So I switched to the armpits because that's the second best absorbed area. And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm totally happy to like shave my armpits. I actually finally got them lasered. So I'm like, I'm so tired of this. I just don't want greasy armpit hair because that's gross, right? And uh, so so now I have like a an easy pathway in for hormones uh, that are topical. But I have young kids, and like one of the reasons I went off testosterone, aside from the fact that I realized I, I could make my own levels naturally now is that I really don't want traces of testosterone cream on my sheets getting on my kids because you get those on young kids it really jacks them up so yeah it's like there's got to be a cleaner way than smearing greasy ointment all over well that's true I do tell my patients you know what the best time to do it is like morning shower dressed gone for the day okay, and cool. you know unless you're doing something you shouldn't be doing at work midday <laughs> you okay. should be Bye. Got it. I, I hear you. You know, when we just say, you know, a two to four hour window, this should be completely ready for contact. And if you put it in the places where it's, you know, no clothing and there are testosterone loves fat and there's a condition called dermal fatigue where testosterone gets stuck in the fat and it doesn't get dispersed through the bloodstream. And so you'll have higher and higher doses and your levels aren't going up. And you're like, what the heck? And then I'll find out that my patients are applying it to their thigh. I'm like, no, you can't do that. So it, it really matters. And, and see, women have this unfair advantage. You have a vagina. Like, like you can apply all sorts of creams and they just go right in. And, and like that's, that's useful. Now, there's something that, that I don't think I wrote about this in either of the books, 
but I've mentioned it on, on the show once or twice and, and most hormone doctors are like, don't tell people. But here's the thing. <laughs> if you have bioidentical hormone cream, I'm sorry, bioidentical testosterone cream, and you take the tiniest dose possible and you apply that uh, vaginally, what happens? Oh, that's called scream cream. <laughs> <laughs> scream cream, that's a good name for it. It, it, no, it there's actually a, is a scream cream. It's got a whole bunch of other things in it. They but, call it that? Oh yeah, it's goodness. a prescription. I write a prescription <laughs> for scream cream. Okay, that's awesome. exactly what you think. It's to increase the experience of intercourse. There's a level of vascularization. See, I'm using all these medical terms like I'm like an unlicensed I'm biohacker so or something. <laughs> but but it, it's, it, it's a level of vascularization that is... is mind-boggling and probably not naturally possible in a normal environment. And you're like, I can't believe that just happened. And this, I'm talking in the woman, not the man. And it's, it's pretty shocking. And it's a very, very low dose. But that's one of those things where like, when I know like, people I'm working with, if I know they have a testosterone cream, I'm like, you should just know that this might happen after you apply it. And, and the, <laughs> the feedback is, is universally like, holy crap. Is that risky for the woman though? I mean, we're talking very low doses. No, um, my yeah. patients are are on low doses. You know, my male patients are anywhere from 100 to 250 milligrams. My female patients are on like 0. 0.5 to 3, maybe up to 5 milligrams is a big dose for a woman. So, so that's it's it's unlikely to cause problems, but it is likely to just produce like uh, just a very different experience. We'll just put it that way. Scream cream. <laughs> yeah, scream cream is, is the best way to explain it. So that that's my favorite tip. Or, or like, if if a, a woman friend came to me and said, "You know, I'm I'm, I'm having issues," I'm like, "Well, this is like a sort of quick fix." Like, like this Off is the books. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really matter if you're tired right now. It's just not going to matter. <laughs> what about though the rest of the time for libido? If you're not going to go for like the big guns. Uh, what what are other things that women uh, or men? Uh, but actually, let's start with with women because I, I hear different. this a lot. There's also like perimenopausal or postmenopausal versus premenopausal, and, and different things contribute to different things. So let's just answer it for women first, starting um, premenopause and then perimenopause and postmenopause. So walk walk me through what what libido advice you have for women, and then we'll do the same for men. I ask every woman the same question, and the question is. What happens to your libido when you're on holiday and someone is cooking and someone is cleaning and you don't have anything to do and you can wake up and go to bed and everything is freedom? If their response is, oh, it's, it's fine, it's perfect when that environment, then it's not a hormone issue. Then it's a energy issue, which could be hormone related. So but you told me get get a housekeeper to raise libido. Is, is that what I heard you say? Well, actually, I tell them <laughs> to change the day, the time of the day, oh, because there you go. the end of the day, women are like, "Yep, I'm done. It's ten o'clock, ten thirty. Doctor Tammy told me butt in bed by ten o'clock to save my adrenals. Good night." And they're really not at their best. So I tell people, you know, like. Your kids gonna have to do their homework or do whatever they want after dinner. Like after dinner, just like sneak off and have your time. And then, you know, bedtime routines for the kids and cleaning up and all of that can happen afterwards or any other time. Some people like mornings, but end of the day is the 
problem for a lot of women. So just try swapping the time of the day. If women tell me, no, it's the same, I'm not interested whether I'm on okay. holiday, then it's really a hormone issue. And, and that applies for all three of the, the times we talked about, pre, peri, and post. Exactly. Okay. And funny enough, uh, DHEA is the most significant hormone involved in women's libido. It's okay. actually bigger than um, testosterone. Now, for all the women listening right now, I would, based on personal experience, tell you, get your levels tested before you buy this over-the-counter supplement, okay? It's a yeah. really powerful hormone. Yeah. Like, if you don't need it, don't take it, please. Okay, no. now, what do you think about that? I, you may disagree with me, but I'm just like... I am super cautious, and okay. you want to know that your optimal levels are between 175 and 330. So don't go by what normal is. Normal just means you're declining at the age that is expected of an overweight middle American. Ew. So you want to go with optimal ranges, and DHEA sulfate is 175 to 330. For, for women or for men? For women, yeah. For men, it can go up a little bit higher. Um, and you always have to remember that your body may still be in the optimal range or even the normal range, but it could be on the lower end. What were you 10 years ago? Yeah. Maybe you, you feel different. Yeah, exactly. Maybe you were at the top of the range 10 years ago. And so it does feel different to you and your, your regular doctor is going to tell you you're fine because you're still in the normal range, but you've actually had a big decrease and that's why you feel different. So get them tested. There's two kinds of DHEA you could buy. I mean, you can buy these at Whole Foods. You can buy these online. Like they're, they're commonly available. And one is called 7-Keto DHEA. And the other one is just regular DHEA. Do you have a preference for women or men? So if you have a propensity to acne, um, you should use 7-Keto DHEA. Because the first side effect I see in my patients with D, too much DHEA or not, maybe not even too much, but a too much of an increase overnight is acne. And so I don't care who you are, I recommend you start off with five milligrams. You can always go up, but it's really hard to have a side effect and go, okay, now I have to completely get this out of my body. I have to like cleanse it and then start over. Okay. So I get everybody to start low and go slow. You can't go from the bottom of the barrel to the top of the barrel overnight. So okay, DHEA is great, but 7-Keto DHEA if you have a propensity for acne. All right. Um, what about uh, in men for libido? What do you recommend? Testosterone. Okay. <laughs> it's just like, you know, there's, yeah. there's ways that you can boost your own testosterone. That's what my book is all about. But test, if you have very low testosterone, there's just, you know, it's just a win, 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 win. And we know it's safe. If you're working with someone who's checking the conversion to estrogen and checking the thickness of the blood and those kinds of things. A lot of women at uh, perimenopause start getting problems with osteoporosis. Tell me about testosterone versus like a prescription drug uh, like Fosamax. You know, no one wants weak bones. Study out of Australia showed that testosterone was the best prescription for osteoporosis. And no side effects. Oh, wait. More energy as a side effect. Better libido as a side effect. Better muscle fat ratio as a side effect. Fosamax has a side effect called necrosis of the jawbone. And there's... I no saw that. It was on Walking Dead. It totally... It was one of the zombies had that. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> 
it's frightening. And what we're finding out now is that these Fosamax is very similar to the fluoride that we had uh. given for our teeth. It's not making stronger teeth. It's making harder teeth that are going cracking and breaking later in not life. It's not stronger. And we're finding that the Fosamax is doing the same thing. It gets a better DEXA scan because it, it shows up as harder, but it's not stronger. Bones are actually have a give to it. So it's not, it's frightening. I have so many patients who we have reversed their osteoporosis. What do you recommend in terms of foods? Like I gained some foods that diminish testosterone. Like Sugar. Things I should not eat. Sugar. Your testosterone will go down in 30 minutes. Yep. Just crazy. Um, and then you'll love this because this non-fat craze that people were <laughs> on for such a long time that's the worst thing that you can do for your body to try and make testosterone. It needs fat. It needs good fat to make testosterone. It's just crucial and protein. Okay. So it's kind of a bulletproof diet, isn't it? <laughs> it kind of might be. It's something like that. Let's see. No sugar, lots of fat. And I don't talk about this often enough, but like the first book that I wrote, five years of research was the Better Baby book. It was about female fertility and to some extent male fertility, but it, we used it to restore Lana's fertility. She was infertile when we started writing the book. And uh, that knowledge is what led to the Bulletproof Diet. Like it's got hormone stuff built into it, it, it and other things like that. And it's kind of, it's what works. Yeah. And you write a lot in, uh, in The Hormone Secret uh, about similar things like that. I know we've both talked about Soy and BPA, and, and I just saw an interesting study that said soy protects you from BPA. And like at that point, am I going to choose the evil of two lessers? I was going to say, like, would you prefer that to the gun or the knife? Exactly. <laughs> like, right. I, I thought it was a kind of a, a really sneaky soy marketing technique, but yes, BPA is really bad, and soy is only kind of bad. Well, I have and, a huge section about soy in my book, The Hormone Secret. It's like. It's not even considered a food product in many uh, markets. So they don't even have to try to get to any standard of quality. Then, wasn't it like the first or second GMO? I mean, it's just like the list goes on and on. Oh, and yeah. On. It, it's bad on so many levels. But there, there's one part of soy that I'm of two minds about, and I want to get your opinion on it. Hmm. And this, this might be a little detailed, but so I'll explain it for people listening. There's a, a kind of a sticky fat that's involved in making our cell membranes and some of our neurotransmitters, and it's called lecithin. And you can get lecithin in egg yolks is actually one of the best places you can get this. It, it's really important for your body. But one of the most common sources of lecithin out there, and by the way, you'll find small amounts of it. If it's non-GMO, that's better. But in some chocolate, for instance... What it does is it lets you mix fats in emulsifier. It lets you mix fat with other things. So you want like a smooth creaminess. You add just a tinge of this. And if you want to have like a lot of, of neurotransmitters called acetylcholine, well then less than is a great choline donor. And if you're looking to rebuild some of the tissues in your body, getting really high doses of lecithin into the body for a while works. You can take the get some ice cream recipe that's in both of the books uh, you can, or both of the, the Bulletproof books, um, you, you might have a similar one in The Hormone Secret, I don't remember off the top of my head, but you can actually add soy lecithin to that to get more lecithin into the body. 
You can also add sunflower lecithin, which means your ice cream is going to taste like crap, but then you avoided soy. So, so now here's my question for you. If I'm getting non-GMO soy lecithin, which does contain some of the isoflavones, but not as much, am I really doing bad things in my body, given that I'm getting a lot of good stuff, but I'm still getting some soy? I, I'm, I don't know the answer. I, I figure it's probably okay. I think it depends on ratios. Okay. Like, if that is the majority of your diet all day, every day, then you're, then you're, you're going to tip the scales. Yeah. But in your situation where you're using it and it's a vehicle and it's just like this kind of hitchhiker, the isoflavones are a hitchhiker, then you're not getting a lot of it. And that's the whole point of living an 80-20 rule is yeah. when you're optimized and you're controlling and optimizing as much as you can, your body can deal with that quite a bit better. Mm-hmm. So, yay, get the lecithin, and then that's just this side thing that your body can deal with. And, and just to be really clear, if you're listening to this, you're like, what the heck, you can buy soy lecithin at Whole Foods, at the vitamin shop, at any, anywhere online. There's tons of it. If you did do soy, you'd want to do non-GMO. And if you do make the recipe for get some ice cream. It has nine raw pastured egg yolks in it, which are a superior source of lecithin. And it has, if you want to add it, you can add a couple tablespoons of soy lecithin, which just makes it even creamier and more delicious. But either way, it's full of lecithin because that's part of the reason that it works. And Dr. Tammy, I think we talked about it, but that recipe, it's called get some ice cream because an hour after you eat it, you're like, I have every building block I need to make a baby. Maybe I should go try it right now. It's like it's, it's a noticeable effect on libido yeah, just when yeah. you get a burst of good fat in the body. Like it was amazing to discover that. I have a question for you. What sure. do you do? You know, you and I speak and attend several conferences a year. What do you do when you're like in that line uh, for breakfast and you're you know getting some eggs and bacon and all kinds of yummy stuff for your body to start the day? What do you do when you hear somebody ahead of you order an egg white omelet? Well, I don't actually wait in those lines anymore because I just have, I, I make, I brew You just do your shake and- <laughs> I, I do bulletproof coffee in the room. I have like the bulletproof travel mug that's fully sealed. I, I carry butter. I put butter, brain octane, and I brew coffee in the room and I shake. And then I'm done. I don't need any food till lunch or after lunch. Or I, I get to say this because it's awesome. Check this out. You haven't even seen this yet. This is called Instamix. These are packets. Just just made this stuff. Nice. You take one of these. It's got the butter. It's got the brain octane. No. And you just put it in your black coffee. So I have to just <gasps> brew the coffee in the room. Oh, my god! And you shake it up, and, like, I'm done. So that's what I do. Oh, my it, gosh. That's if I great. was, I'm pretty stoked. If I was in line uh, and I was going to have breakfast, I would be like, can I have their egg yolks? Because I don't want egg whites. That's disgusting. I know, right? right? Those are like, like you should take the egg whites and you should literally feed them to the pig that's going to make the bacon. I feel so like I don't want to like, you know, butt in, but I feel like grabbing them and saying, you so think you're being healthy, but you're doing the exact opposite thing. You know what you could say that this is kind of mean, but it works. You're like, excuse me, you look really old. Is it because of the egg whites? <laughs> I'm kidding. You're I wouldn't terrible. do that. I wouldn't really do that. Did I show mean. you the picture of my daughter making no. her own shake? I'm going to show it on this because can you see what she's holding? Oh my goodness, she's holding a big bottle of Brain Octane. Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. Hold it. Show it to both cameras so people can see it on YouTube. All right, bulletproofexec.com/slash YouTube will take you to the channel. Isn't that awesome? Oh. 
That is so cute. <laughs> and what? And so we make her coffee in the morning. You and I are the you know the few people in the world that feed our kids coffee, and so we. She says, like "Mommy, this of coffee, coffee is so good tastes for weird." She's like, "Did you forget my brain octane?" No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm going to have to get Dave to pay you to be on an ad. That's so cute. Yeah. I I tell you, my kids behave so much better. They're so much more focused when they just have the energy in the brain. And fat for kids, like their hormones aren't even online yet, but their bodies are changing so much that like the the fat that you eat as a mother when you're breastfeeding is so important. You don't eat damaged fats. You want to give your kids good fats. And if you do that, their chances of having healthy hormones, you know, when they're they're going through puberty and in the rest of life, it goes up dramatically when you just like give kids fat. Yeah, yeah. Well, before I met you, years and years and years ago, my older daughter who's eleven used to just eat butter. And <laughs> everybody would be like, You should stop her. You know, kids kind of just know what they need. There must be something in there that she needs. I'm fine with it. She's not obese. She doesn't have health problems. Have at it. <laughs> so she just loved it when she was young. It, what I learned is that we've all had kids who say, I'm not going to eat that, right? And, and if it's before six years old, it's usually not that like I'm rebelling sort of thing it's actually their body telling them that they don't want to eat it. And most of the time when I made my kids eat something that they said they didn't want when they were, uh, you know, really young, I regretted it. Because yeah. later, like, ah, like they got a rash, they were fussy, they were whiny, and, and it was annoying. So they have, like, built-in radar about foods. And conversely, if they're like, I must have that, and it's not sugar because they, they get hooked on sugar like right. everyone. Yeah. And, like, I must have that. Like, really? You wanted the 90% dark chocolate? All right, fine, you can have a little bit, but not before bed. You know, you wanted to eat a stick of butter? Uh, when when Anna was three, she sat on Santa's lap for the first time at the local like thing, and she says, "What do you want for Christmas, little girl?" And she goes, "I want my own stick of salted grass-fed butter." <laughs> and, and Santa looks at me like I'm some kind of like bad parent, and I'm like, "Yeah." He goes, "Okay, little girl." So Christmas morning, she has her bike and all this stuff. She takes the little stick of of Kerrygold butter and. And she unwraps it and she goes, <gasps> and she holds it above her head and she runs around the house like an Olympic torch and she tears <laughs> off the top of it and she just takes a bite like a Snickers bar. like Arr! And and she kept it in the fridge and anytime she wanted, she could open the door and just take a bite. And it, I, I swear, like the level of joy that that stick of butter brought, it's like, that's okay, that's what the body needs. I'm not, I'm not judging. And it's totally cool. Well, you know, I love this, that you're, you were listening to your kids. You know, I tell my parent patients, your child needs 13 tastes before they really know whether they like something. So I encourage you to, you know, if they're only liking white food, white pasta, white everything, then maybe your taste, their taste buds are already ruined. So you need to encourage them. But I feel really, really bad. I forced my daughter when she was really young to eat salmon because like salmon, right? Right. She threw up. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. It's like her body just, uh-uh, this is not for us. So, yeah, there is something to be said about that innate knowledge. Yeah, there's also something to be said about, like, when you get kids used to eating really good foods. My son was complaining about, about breakfast at some point, and, and Dr. Lana gets a little bit frustrated, and she goes, look, some kids aren't so lucky to have a mother make them a hot breakfast before school. 
true. Some kids uh, only get an apple before school, and and he looks kind of shocked. And some kids don't get anything before school, and he he looks like horrified. He goes, "You mean their mommies don't make them bacon and duck eggs? <laughs> duck eggs? Oh my okay. gosh!" <laughs> Because, like, we have a duck farm nearby. Like, we get duck eggs, and, wow. and they're, like, huge yolks, and they're creamy and delicious. But, like, the level of expectation there, like, like yeah. just to take that for granted, and it, it's pretty funny, but you teach your kids to like what they like, and, and they will tell you if it's not okay for you. Yeah. Well, we, we got off the topic of hormones because, well, fat makes hormones, and you got to feed kids fat so they can make hormones. Right, but, and the less of it. Yeah. We're, we're coming up on the end of the show, and... I want to ask a couple more questions. One of them is, if someone's looking for a doctor who can help them with hormones, um, besides you, <laughs> what are like the three questions? You should, yeah, yeah. What, what are the three questions that they should ask a doctor to just know that they're dealing with the right person? Before you're asking the questions, you need to embrace the fact that your doctor works for you, and you can fire your doctor. You're, you <laughs> it's know, liberating. Yeah. you're fired. I've said that. Yeah, exactly. You are the CEO of your own health and you make the executive decisions with the guidance of somebody. You know, you're the CEO of your company, but you might not know all the minutiae about every detail of every avenue. Like you might not know the makings of the new equipment that go in your restaurant. You just know it has to be there. And you trust that that expert over there is handling that. That's the same way. Your doctor is the expert, but you are the CEO. So embrace the fact that you can fire your doctor at any time and go looking. And then ask your doctor one first question. And that's really all you need to know whether you should walk out the door or stay and ask the rest is, what effect does nutrition have on my health? And if the doctor says none, leave. Real simple. It should be really easy because the doctor should be 40 pounds overweight if they answer that way. But, <laughs> Not always. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. The second question is, you know, what do you think about the difference between normal lab ranges and optimal lab ranges? So that's going to say, do they even know what that is? Are they educated about it? Can they look at me from an optimal point of view rather than a declining at the typical rate point of view? And then the third thing is, is what do you do if what I'm telling you doesn't match the lab results? What's more important, my, what I'm telling you or what the lab says? For example, if you say, you know, I'm constipated, my skin is dry, I'm exhausted, and I'm overweight, but my thyroid test is normal, <laughs> you know, who do you trust? The patient. <laughs> That is a seriously legitimate list of questions. I've never heard anyone say it that way, but but that is probably the best sorting factor I could think of. If you miss those, uh, the full transcript for this thing is free on the Bulletproof website, so you'll be able to go up and and I would actually like print out or copy and paste those things, and uh, and literally have them on your phone or print them out and uh, ask the, your doctor that. And I, I fully endorse those questions. Like that, that is really elegant. So thank you for that. Happy to share. <laughs> now, the final question I want to ask you is, if someone came to you tomorrow, in your practice or not, and just said, look, I want to kick more ass at everything I do, what are the three things that I need to know, the three most important pieces of advice you have for me? What would you say? Hormones first. 
hormones allow you to function differently and they allow you to have your energy at a place where you can pick your nutrition better you'll have energy to cook so first of all get your hormones checked and make sure you're in the optimal range remember your hormones are a symphony they all have to work together don't pick and choose don't just pick your testosterone because you want to be buff and energetic or whatever you have to look at them all they all work together the second thing is nutrition. What you eat all day long matters and even more importantly, and this is something that I can't stress enough and I don't know very many people who talk about it, is when you eat matters. You have got to honor your circadian rhythm. You've got to start your day with something, you know, whether it's putting protein in your coffee or having a shake or having eggs, you've got to start your day with protein. And then the second important part is that afternoon snack where you're naturally having an adrenal dip but you don't want the dip to be a dive so you want to have another snack there so when you eat is just as important as what you eat and then the third thing is sleep you know only less than 10 percent of us thrive on six or less hours of sleep and you know you might be one of them you know you're listening to this and say no I, I this is me that's great, but the majority of us, our brains literally shrink in size if we get less than seven hours of sleep a night. And in some things, size matters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And your brain is one of them. <laughs> but benign shrinkage is not something any of us want. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on that note, uh, where can people find out more about your book and about your practice? So um, I have a website, it's uh, drtammytami.com, and if anybody is interested in the membership that we were talking about and having a virtual appointment, they can email us at support at drtammy.com, and we have a number of practitioners here, so I just hired a brand new practitioner after training her for over six months. She wasn't allowed to see any patients for six months, and now she's ready, and She's got a couple of appointments available, so we're ready for some more patients and ready to change some lives. Cool. Have an awesome day. Thanks for being on Bulletproof Radio. You too. And I just wanted to do a plug about your cookbook because I now have a signature salad at my house, and it's from your book. It's oh, cool. It's the arugula one. With the, oh, nice. Yeah, with the pears. And so if nobody... Oh, the chocolate one? The, oh, it, my gosh. It, it, that was the most surprising recipe ever. That's so cool. It's a, you made that one? Okay. Absolutely. So if your listeners don't have your cookbook, they need to get it just for that recipe. It's amazing. Beautiful. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Dr. Tammy. Bye. Care. Bye. If you like today's show, you know what to do. Head on over to iTunes and say, hey, I like this show. And while you're at it, you might consider heading over to the Bulletproof website and checking out our brand new Instamix because, well, this actually just arrived at my house by special overnight delivery so I could shoot video of it. It literally just came out, but check this out. It's like, it's like real, it's amazing, and you're getting your brain octane and your butter and all the good stuff, and it's portable, and it's not liquid, which means, well, you probably won't spill it, but also it means the TSA won't harass you about it, and you've got your butter with you, and it's shelf-stable. It doesn't need a refrigerator. So this is destined to change the future of your travel. You do this and the Bulletproof Collagen Bars, and what you've got is pretty much freedom from fast food for the rest of your life. Have an awesome day. Thanks for watching. 
don't miss out. To keep getting great videos like this to help you kick more ass at life, subscribe to the Bulletproof YouTube channel at bulletproofexec.com slash YouTube. Thanks for watching and stay bulletproof. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.